Today's episode of the Writer's Corner Live show takes a slightly different format. We're paying tribute to a phenomenal man, Jim Christina. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Jim Christina was an author, a publisher, musician, playwright, poet, talk show host, and all-round nice guy. Jim spent almost 10 years in the U.S. Army before joining his father in the family's paint business. And for years, a character that had been rolling around in his mind, and in 2008, the character became The Hunter, and a series was born. There are stories of an aging manhunter and his protege in Arizona in the last half of the 19th century. That is what we talked to Jim about in the last interview we had with him on the Writer's Corner live show. Now, a little bit earlier today, I had the privilege of speaking to my amazing co-host, Mary Elizabeth Jackson, and also Mickey Nicholson of Creative Edge, uh, playing, paying tribute to this amazing man, Jim Christina. We recorded that as well as the interview that we had with Jim on the Writer's Corner live show. And we want to share that with you um, in honor of Jim. Our hearts go out to his wife, Jerry, and also his partner, um, Richard, as well as everyone who worked with Jim. So here's the recording of um, the conversation with Mary and Mickey Mickelson earlier, and also the interview that we had with Jim on the Writer's Corner live show. So Jim Christina has been on the Writer's Corner live show a while ago. We want to honor his memory. Mary, you and Mickey worked very, very closely with Jim. I wanted to ask whether you had any thoughts about working with him. So he was your he was your publisher, right, Mary? How did you meet Jim? Well, I met him through Mickey. Mickey has been a great connector uh, in my life, and he uh, introduced Jim and I together, or me to Jim, and so I was very fortunate that Jim, um, you know, was agreed to take on uh, my my book, my children's books, uh, and that includes Thornton as well. So we were very grateful for that introduction, and the relationship has been it's it's been a one of a kind relationship as publishers go. Because I've had another publisher, and and I know several publishers, but um, Jim has just been a one of a kind publisher. Um, you could pick up the phone anytime, right, Mickey, and call him and talk to him. You know, and if he couldn't, then he'd get back to you. But he was always up for conversations about just any thing and very open to ideas and thoughts um, and and so I am just forever grateful for um, the work he did as a publisher and his friendship uh, well I know from our conversations that you were very close to Jim and so his passing came as a huge big shock 
um, to you. So oh, Mickey, you were, how did you get to know uh, Jim? I've, I knew Jim for six years. He was one of the first media outlets that I actually leveraged when I started Creative Edge. And that was in 2016. And um, I, I looked up this site called LA Talk Radio, and they had this show there called The Writer's Block. And at the time, I was still learning what I was trying to do and trying to build media and, and get my, my, my authors at the time out into the, the marketplace. I emailed the writer's block and Jim didn't email me back, but he phoned me and asked me what I wanted to do. And we had a really good conversation. And while that that turned into an ongoing relationship. He was one of the first radio shows that we ever worked with. And we still work with up until, um, well, his, his, his passing. So he, I love that man. And he really helped build the foundation for what I was doing with Creative Edge. And a lot of people may not realize this, but he is very, very instrumental in the success that we're, we've had and have been having. He gave us free ads all the time. He vetted and, and arranged his schedule so we could schedule people. And he was just a mentor to me in this industry and helped me build what we've built, which is, you know, huge. We have over 100 authors now. And I can't thank him and his support team enough for doing what they did for us because we would not be where we are today if it was not for Jim Christina. Mickey, thank you. I think that's a beautiful tribute to Jim Christina. And uh, what we want to do is just take a quick look at an interview that Jim did on the Writer's Corner live show. And we wanted to do this to uh, honor his memory and recognize the amazing, phenomenal person that he was. Um, Mary, did you have any final words before we run the uh, the interview? I just know that he's going to be real. He is and will be missed by all of us, right, Mickey? I love that man. And I know. Um, yeah, Sunday was a, a shock as well when I found out. And um, he will not be forgotten at all because if I have to, I'll make sure. But people are going to remember him for for what he did in the media business for what he did in the writing business. But more importantly, people are gonna remember the kind of incredible, just incredible human being that he is. And and love to to, to his wife, Jerry, and, and to their family because um, he was just an amazing man. And I want people to recognize that. And, and to Richard, his partner, and to Tuscany Bay Books because they they just, um, they are an incredible publishing company. And um, yeah. So he, he's going to be missed by all of us. And it was very much a shock. Uh, he's a larger than life. He's like a guy from the West that was like this huge cowboy, right, Mickey? And his yeah. personality was just so large. And, you know, he was a great mentor and, um, and a great friend, too. So he will be very missed by all of us. I love you, Jim. And I hope to see you again someday. I know I will see you again someday. Thank you, Mickey, and thank you, Mary. And um, to our audience, here is the interview with Jim Christina. In his memory, please enjoy this video with us. Just, it's really amazing to share people, share these authors and publishers and illustrators with our audience. Jim Christina is no exception. He has, he sure is a man with many hats. He's an author, a publisher, a musician, a playwright, poet, and a 
generally all-round nice guy. So shall we invite him <laughs> on to the show? Absolutely. How are you? I'm so excited because everyone, this is my publisher. I am. I am good. I am good. I'm. I'm alive and kicking. And as I told Brigetti before the show started, I'm. It, this is very early for me, but well, not real early, but it's the earliest interview I think I've ever had. Well, and let's blame that on the time change because well, if it had been two mean. weeks ago, two weeks ago, it would be an hour later. So we're just. Well, that's true. Time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I suppose it probably could have been seven thirty or six thirty, but it's not. So I'm, right, I'm happy with that. Right. Yeah, and this is totally different for you because your show is uh, radio, and it so, is radio. It's live yeah. radio. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. So totally seven years show. almost. Oh, congratulations! Wow. Yeah, we've been on the air seven years. We've got right now we're over six hundred thousand listeners. Oh my gosh! It's so oh funny. my goodness. That we'll is so, that. It's like it's like we tell everybody it's not a schlock radio show. Wow, that is that is amazing. Jim, how did you I'm always curious to know how people got started um as an author, you know. I mean you're doing so many things. You're a publisher, you're a poet. Where did your love for words come from you know what was your inspiration was this something your parents inculcated in you or was it something that you just loved from a young age um, I've, well, I've always been a reader a, uh, a big reader and my mother pushed reading when i was a kid and we um we decided that early age um in probably seventh grade i think i believe it was um we started a, a short story club and we had like four or five guys and we all wrote short stories and then the mothers would rotate and read them and grade them. And so I, I started learning how to write about 12 or 13 years old. And then it kind of dropped out and I picked up the guitar and I started playing the guitar and then I started writing my own music when I was 17, 18. And I, I became a full-time, not a full-time, you never give up your day job, much like a writer. But uh, we, were, we were professional full-time musicians, if you say that with a grain of salt and a smirk on my face. Um, but we played all over the Northwest and um, we had a great band. And, um, and then it's, it's, you know, for other reasons, you know, bands break up and, and they go on their own way, but you know, all of the, the poetry and all of the, the lyrics that I wrote um, came from experience, came from the heart, came from whatever. And um, they're now in a book, a standalone book called that's all you get. Um, it's uh, published under on, on Tuscany Bay Books, and it's it's doing very well, actually, for a poetry book. I was very surprised that people really like it, but I think they can relate to a lot of the stuff in it. Um, but then when I was like, I'm, I'm, golly, I, I, 2008, maybe, 2009, I, I, this character had been rolling around in my head for a long time, and, and I decided to sit one day down and, and write a book and write his story, which I did, and it's called The Hunter. And from there, it branched out to 13 books with this character in it. Um, and along the way, there, I added characters, we killed off characters, we did, have, you know, how, you know, series go. 
Um, so now we're two carriers left, uh, Jeff Stryker and uh, Taggart Richmond, who is the hunter. Uh, and I'm, actually, I'm writing now the 14th book in the series. Um, it's gonna, it's, it's called the long, long, uh, it's the a long time to midnight. And, um, it's, uh, it's, I'm not going to tell anything about the story because last time I did that, it got all over the place. So I'm just going to be very quiet about it now, but it's a really good story so far. But, you know, then I, I decided that we could, you know, getting a publisher, traditional publisher is really tough. So I started Black Dog Books, Black Dog Publishing. And then, uh, Richard was on our show, Richard Paulinelli, my business partner and, uh, and co-owner of Tuscany Bay. I had put together his own publishing company, Tuscany Bay Books. So um, at lunch one day over margaritas and chips and salsa and fajitas, we merged the two companies. And that was uh, seven years ago. And um, since then, we've become pretty good, pretty good, I, I think a fairly good publisher as far as, as, far as books go. And uh, uh, we definitely, definitely have a, a really good imprint in, in Tuscany Bay Books. And it's becoming very well known. So um, that's a long story short. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was just listening to you how, you know, Tuscany Bay books came about. I was thinking of a post that I saw on, on uh, LinkedIn just a couple of days ago. And somebody was saying, you know, everybody talks about B2B business, B2C business. And, he's, and you know, and I said, well, how about human to human? <laughs> because that's what it's all about. That's um, how things happen, right. you know. Yeah, I mean, it was a chance meeting where Richard was booked on our show. And um, he came in and, and um, then he was booked a again and he became a co-host on our show. And we just, I mean, it was just an obvious, it was just a really natural thing to combine the two companies. It's um, good when you can find somebody that you work really well with. Like Brady right. and I work really well together. And right. And like Thornton and Klein and I as writers, you know, we work really well together creatively. And, you know, that that's important. Uh, obviously, it either makes or breaks what you're doing. Um, it, it is. It is. Yeah. But you know, we, um, Richard is, uh, Richard designs the covers. He does a lot of the covers and, job. and the initial read. And then I go through a format and I'll read through again. Um, normally, I don't read through for editing the first time only because, especially when somebody said, well, the book's been edited. Okay. Um, you know, but that's not always the case. And, and so we, you know, we catch a lot of stuff and the authors go back and they catch a lot of stuff. And that's why, you know, it's, it's not a two week process. And, you know, getting a book out is months long and a lot of writers don't get that. You know, they, they think they're going to ching in their pocket, you know, within two weeks of writing the book. And if they give up their day job and expect they're going to make money writing, good luck with that. Right. <laughs> Unless you you're John have... Sanford. Right. Yeah. You can't, you can't go into it for that reason. You have to no. go into it for the love of it. Right. And, you know, and I will say my experience and Thornton's experience with you and Richard has been um, just top, you know, we have a great relationship, we do. you know, so you do want to have a good working relationship with your publisher. I want you to touch on the radio show that you do because, you know, Jetty introduced you and we know you have all these hats, but the next hat that you wear is, you know, you have a radio show. You talk show host. Seven, talk show host for seven years. Right. Right. Um, it's a, it's a show we do on uh, LA talk radio live every Thursday at 6 PM Pacific. We talk to authors of all kinds. Um, we have had musicians. We have had playwrights. We have had um, biographers. We have had picture book writers. We have had uh, novelists. We have had just about everyone who writes 
uh, poets. We've had them on the show. Um, and, you know, we learn as much as they do. And our show is geared towards new writers. So we, we try to get as much information out of these writers as we can during the course of 50 minutes. And our show is 50 minutes long. And, of course, we, t- we speak up about four or five minutes with an L banner at the, at, at the beginning and the top. Uh, usually run two or three commercials. And, and the rest of the time is the writers. Um, we'll talk about anything they want to talk about. Uh, awesome. Sometimes it's po- um, yeah. Sometimes it's uh, by pulling teeth to get information out of some of these yeah. guys. But but uh, you know, I don't want to give up my secrets. You know, what secret is that? You're a writer. Everybody does the same thing. You know? <laughs> oh my goodness me! So talk about a little bit about Jefferson's Chance. You know, what is oh. the inspiration behind Jefferson's Chance? Uh, Jefferson's Chance. I, I you know I, I I wrote a book right before Jefferson's Chance called um, Jonah Blue. Jonah Blue was an entire dream that I had one night. I woke up and I remembered the entire story. So I wrote I wrote the book and just, I mean, record time. It just was there. Um, but it's a standalone. And then I wanted to write another standalone. I wanted to get away from The Hunter for a while and write another Western book that had some meaning to it. And and, and I wanted to follow a profession of a, of a young man um, that was handicapped that wanted to be a Texas Ranger. And so that idea came. And by talking it over with my wife, who actually is the producer of my show as well, um, she's the one that came up with the title, Jefferson's Chance, because um, it was his chance to be a ranger after he got... Uh, he had his leg designed by a guy who designed a drawbridge or a, a suspension bridge so it, it acted just like, like a real leg and it was the only way he was going to get in the rangers if he could grow a new leg well he can't obviously grow any leg but this guy thomas griffith who is a real guy designed this leg for him that worked just like a real leg and by the time he got back to the town to show the captain of the texas rangers how well it worked it was you couldn't even tell he was had a fake leg so they gave him a chance and so it was jefferson's chance and wow. uh, and uh, he um, he's a brand new ranger, and he believes in the, the the credo of the rangers. He believes in their moral turpitude, and he believes in, in how they do their business. And so he sets off in search of these two guys, and and in the in the interim meets up with an old retired tech, not retired, but somebody who had been a Texas ranger that is now a city marshal. And they're looking for the same two people, so they hook up and they go, and their adventures really start on horseback between Austin, Texas and San Antonio. And that's where the story really, really, really starts. Um, Caleb Stringfield is the guy's name, and he and Jefferson, um, Caleb is is reluctant to go. Caleb's had his time in the Rangers. He just doesn't really want to do it anymore. But Jefferson is 23 years old, and you know, I suppose full of piss and vinegar, wants wants to do a good job. His father was a Ranger. He's a Ranger. And um, the story just just goes from there and they follow adventure to adventure to adventure um and once they find the two guys unfortunately that one of the guys is still alive and and they, uh, they've been attacked by comanches and they've taken his hair they've, they've shot him full of arrows but he's still around and he says they're just gonna let him die and he says what they have they have children they took children okay well now the ranger credo says nope gotta go after him we have to get the children back that's part of the Rangers' creed. So Caleb says, "Well, I'm not. I mean, you know, I've done that. That's that's." Yeah. So, he says, so Jefferson says, "Okay, have a nice day." And, and so finally, Caleb catches up to him. He says, "You know, you're going to get me killed, right?" You know, <laughs> that kind of a conversation. But uh, they then and they follow these Comanches until the, the final showdown in the 
about three quarters of the way through the book. But um, and the rest of the book is taken up with uh, Caleb taking Jefferson back to his mother's ranch because mm. he has been killed in the fight. I love this story. I love it. I, I've read it, and um, Jim and I laugh because my mother read it, and yeah. she she is how do I put it politely? Uh, <laughs> she is just a real critic of books. She's read so many books in her life. She started. She has done some editing work. She's doing some editing work now. She found one typo in all of Jim's book. She was just so excited about that. His book is absolutely one of her favorites. And she has read, yeah, she's a big fan of Jim's. So I, I think we'd love for you to read for us, wouldn't we, Brigetti? Uh, there's a couple of spots in here that I, I think would be um, appropriate. Um, there is, of course, the opening the opening page. Um, but there's also um, the the completion of the fight with the Comanches, and and that is um, that's pretty tough. That's that's a hard that's a hard thing to do. So I think I'll go back to the first part of the page. But um, this is the, the prologue. I'm sorry. That'll be great. Yeah, this is the prologue. Um, it's only going to be. A, I'll just do like a page and a half, and then we're we're done. Um, this is the prologue to Jefferson's chance. The boy lay perfectly still as the doctor fidgeted with his right leg. The rattlesnake bite had ravaged his lower leg and become septic with the poison. As the doctor felt around the ruined flesh, he so looks at the boy's mother standing somewhat behind and wringing a piece of towel torn from his visit. The medical certainties of a snake bite were extremely limited in 1863, even after his mother sucking out a good deal of the poison. The doctor at this juncture had not many options but to allow the bite to become gangrenous, quickly affecting the other leg promoting certain death, or to remove the leg about four inches down from the knee. It was a terrible decision for any family to make, especially this one, having lost his father and or lost the father and husband only three months before. Standing back from the boy, knowing the handyman, the laudanum was going to wear off very soon, the doctor presented the mother with the option. He saw right then, I ain't saying it's a cure-all, but I'm telling you, I don't take that leg and soon that boy's going to suffer something terrible before he dies from the poison in his system. Sobbing softly, the mother sat heavily in the chair, pulled from the heavy oaken table at the far end of the room. He got a chance to take the leg, she asked quietly. Better than if he don't, replied the doctor. I do this, I'm going to need your help with the boy. Meaning, you're going to have to hold him. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give him something, but it ain't going to be enough so as he don't feel, said the doctor. It's purely simple to you, doctor. Simple enough to take my boy's leg, but it ain't that purely simple to me, said the mother, rising from her chair and walking to the pallet in the middle of the room. Taking a deep breath, she looked at the doctor. Well, if we're to get this done, I expect we best get do it, getting to it. And that's first page and a half of the book. And I, I, um, I when I was writing that, I couldn't imagine being 10 years old and losing half a leg to a snake bite. No. Kudos to your wife for having done a great job on the editing there. Oh, thank you. I'll, I'll let her know. And real quick, real, I mean, I don't want to take up any more of your time. So, Jim, um, thank you so, so much. Oh, wait. Uh, Jonah Blue is available, um, is being used in colleges right now in their history courses. Um, it's about oh, mountain wow. men, so... So it's if um, it's about you're interested in reading Jonah Blue, it's it's about mountain men, and um, it it takes a young boy and takes him from mountain man to a, a guide of discovery, and then into a rancher in Montana. So covers thirty years of his life. Tish is watching us over on Amazon Live, and she wants to know if Jefferson's Chance is available on audio yet, Jim. Uh, no, it, we were me. Uh, Jefferson's Chance is being worked on for audio um, by Henry Park. It is not done yet, as of yet. It's it's a tough book to do, so Henry's having a little bit of problems with it, but he, he'll finish it. Um, other than that, no. Okay, hundred percent. So what I've done is I've done I've actually put both 
both book uh, in the description for the show with their links to Amazon. So if you're watching the show, the links to both books are in the description um, right. for the broadcast. So go and get go and grab a copy on Amazon. And as Jim just said, the audiobook is being worked on. It'll it'll be released at some point in the future. Yep. But thank you very much. Um, again, My pleasure. Jim, thank you for inviting me. It was fun. It was fun. Good. Thank, thank you, Mary. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. You're Jim. welcome. You're welcome. You ladies Thanks. have a great day. Thanks very much. We'll see you back on another episode of the Writer's Corner Live Show. Thank you, everyone, for watching this tribute to Jim Christina. And um, we look forward to having you watch, join us on the next episode. Take care. Thank mm -hmm. you.